Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, joins me. Good afternoon to you. Hi there. And you are very welcome. Get your questions in 1850 I know the phone lines were busy earlier and we missed a, a number of calls. So our apologies, particularly if they were pet questions, do try again. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Let me start with some that have come in by text. This, I have a funny, we spoke about Cushing's, didn't we? Disease, we did, yeah. I think, yes. I think this is a follow on to that. Mary says, if Cushing's is not treated. How bad does it get? I have a Jack Russell, 15 years of age, drinking lots of water, mm-hmm. wetting, panting and a bit horsey cough. I gave him a spoon of honey, which actually eased the cough. Mm-hmm. Looking for advice, please. So if, if let's say we do have a dog that has confirmed Cushing disease, I would say if it's at all, let's say financially possible, treatment really is is the best thing for their quality of life. Because I suppose like ourselves, they might not know what's going on physically. They might not know they have a disease, but they're seeing kind of the symptoms that they're experiencing. So that endless thirst, the endless peeing, the panting. Um, they also have a lot of weight distribution. So their muscle mass begins to break down. And it becomes fat. So we always think of these Cushingoid dogs with big flabby bellies and very little muscle mass. And that's that's not through any fault of their own or through any lack of activity. It's just the body's, the body's way of responding to too much stress hormone in the system. That's what it does. So I would say it can cause some problems, let's say, ongoing knock-on effects on the liver and kidney certainly so recommend I would always recommend treatment but even from a quality of life point of view if treatment is financially possible I would definitely say is treatment expensive it's 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 medication it's normally medication with a tablet to be honest it depends on the size of dog you have but also what level of tablet they end up on because like you and me we might need two very different doses of the same medication depending on our weight but also our response to that medication. And medication works? Medication works really well with resolving symptoms in most dogs. Great. Um, good okay. response. Yeah. Alright now some questions in and some, these are more behaviour issues that start with Dan. Could you please ask your vet Jane why does my neighbour's Pomerarian have a romantic set on my leg whenever I visit? It's very embarrassing <laughs> and it's actually getting quite tiresome says uh, Dan Dan. Now you've got two questions. Well, one question for is the dog neutered is the first one, isn't yeah, it? I, yeah, I would wonder if if the okay, dog is if neutered. If it isn't neutered, will neutering help? If it isn't neutered, yes, I would say it would certainly be 
helpful, whether it eliminates, let's say, the romantic fancies that he keeps taking is, is difficult to say. So it is a bit challenging. Um, we know that unneutered, intact male dogs, they have certain requirements and drives and they will maybe want to take romantic turn to a leg or a pillow or the sofa or whatever they see in front of them. And there's very little do- you can do to stop them. And in the end of the day, they're kind of doing nobody any harm. OK, but I do understand it's, it's really frustrating. Mm. And I think particularly if there's younger members of your family around, it can be particularly awkward. Yeah. Um, castrating can sometimes help because it will, let's say, calm down the testosterone within the system, reduce it a little bit. So there should be a little bit less drive for the the little fella to want to, you know, exert any romantic feelings he has onto objects. But what I would say is if he's, let's say, a mature male, so if he's over a year or two or sometimes even older and he's not castrated yet, even if he's castrated, there is a possibility that he may still have these behaviours. And that's mainly because there's there's two aspects to it. One is the hormones and the drive within the body and castration can definitely help with that. So it may reduce the behavior or even eliminate it. But if it's something he's learned to do already, it's what we call a learned behavior. So it means that if he's already got into the habit of doing these things, he may just continue to persist doing them whether or not he's castrated or not. Um, this is one of the reasons I always advise in a young puppy, let's say, I would always advise castrating them, provided you don't want to use them as a breeding dog, between six and eight months of age. Because okay. it's kind of before they hit the teenage stage and start learning habits. about all of these yeah. things. So you can get in there and castrate him so there's a reduced level of testosterone and he doesn't have the urge to exhibit these behaviours in the first place. So they never become ingrained in his personality, mm. as it were. So I think it's a very complicated one I think castration is a good thing to do for other reasons as well it reduces their risk of testicular cancer because there's no testicles there it also reduces their risk of prostate disease later in life so it's a good thing Lots to do regardless but as for behaviour it's a bit of a tricky one Okay, it's just a bad habit it's and a this, bad habit. this is another one that sounds like a bad habit uh, Dick says good afternoon uh, Patricia could you please ask uh, Jane what is so fascinating about dogs rubbing their necks on poo that they find when we're out on a walk? What is it? Why do they do it? Why do they insist on rubbing it along their, their neck? It stinks to high heaven. I am with you there. This is one of the most frustrating things ever. And I'll tell you, I have two of my dogs at home. The third one is an absolute angel, never rose in fox poo or anything like that. But two of them, Margot and Sally, are endlessly doing this my own personal record for having to shampoo fox poo off my dogs is three times in one day oh it's really frustrating now as for an answer as to why they do it it's it's not something i'm particularly aware of a lot of the time they'll just find an exciting smell and want to roll in it because they feel like they're one with nature as for let's say a behavioral drive to do it i assume it goes back to the time when dogs were once wild some kind of protective mechanism i would assume but as for an exact reason I don't know. So it isn't it isn't just a bad habit. It's just no, something. They it's, really just seem to love it. Yeah. Like from my own dogs is fox poo. But I know a lot of other people struggle with lots of other stinky uh, things that they can find outside. And of course if you're outside. out for a walk unless you've got them permanently on a lead. Exactly. And they'll find it. Oh they will. They they'll have, find they, it and they'll they come back They have such looking. a nose for it. Uh, hi uh, Patricia. Could you ask Jane would she have any suggestion to keep cats out of my garden? They're not my cats. They're the neighbours. Mm bit of a challenge um, make sure it's well fenced but as we all know cats are really good at jumping and balancing on fences so usually any obstacle is not enough for them um, 
I would assume by the sound of it, this caller doesn't have their own animals or their own cat that it's causing a disruption with. I assume it's just wandering around the garden, maybe leaving presents in places it shouldn't. Mm. Um, you can get sprays that you can put on, let's say, flower beds, etc., that can make it smell quite nasty for them so they won't want to do their business there they won't want to pee and poo um i have heard of some people using let's say in garden stationary ultrasound waves so they make a, a noise that's undetectable to human hearing but it might be let's say within a frequency that a dog or cat can hear and might be a deterrent okay um so there's lots of things like that how effective they are is really dependent on how persistent the cat is yeah um, but it is a challenge and i, I my heart goes out to you because it, it can be really frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I, have, I have cats that wander through my garden. They use it as a shortcut, but I'm yeah. a cat lover, so they don't yeah. do any harm I, and I have to go. But the flip side of it is if you have got cats there, they're knocking around your house maybe a little bit and they might be quite good ratters or micers. Well, and, actually, you a know, few weeks ago, in fairness, when, when people were giving out about cats being around somebody's house, uh, a neighbour's cats were around, uh, we got a number of people who contacted to say, be thankful if you've got cats in, in your area mm. because they'll keep down the mice and the rat population so That's there is true. there is a plus side to having cats call coming to visit Sheila says I've got a 20 month old Maltesian Maltese is I'm assuming yeah, that it's a um, Maltese Cavachon cross they usually are okay yeah. beautiful Maltichon. looking beautiful looking dog <laughs> beautiful very yeah. fuzzy very yeah. cute now they have an odour before they are neutered from their urine uh, it's to do with marking their territory but the problem is I've had him neutered but the odour is still there even after neutering. Do you know about this odour? To be honest, it's a bit of a difficult one. We do know that, let's say, entire male dogs, so uncastrated male dogs, can have slightly different chemicals in their urine, but most of them aren't to do with smell. So some of them are, let's say, things called bilirubin um, that we can find in the urine, which is just a, a, an alteration in the way we metabolise things that are made by our, our liver. Um, I don't think it's really necessarily something that's to do with castration. We know certainly in male cats, so tom cats, there's definitely a nasty smell before they're they're castrated and it does disappear. But with dogs, it doesn't seem to be the same thing. I suppose the question is, there's a few things that could be going on here. It could just be that your dog has maybe a, a urine smell that isn't so pleasing. Yeah. The second thing could be there might be something medical that might be causing a really bad odor to the urine. So sometimes we find if dogs have a urinary tract infection um, or another disease underlying it that might be causing some problems, they can have particularly smelly urine. So I would say if if it's of concern to you, um, I will pop a little urine sample into your vet and just get them to check it out. And um, we can do some very basic tests in-house. They can give us quite a quick answer, just making sure that there's nothing up with the urine. Um, provided your dog is happy, healthy, active and acting normally. And if the urine comes back normal, I would suggest it's probably just a funny urine smell. And whether it has very much to do with, let's say, an entire or neutered male, I, I would say probably not. OK. Yeah. Uh, John was on, uh, this is by uh, call to John Paul saying, does Jane know anything about something called, he says it's called puppy stem. It's given to young puppies when they're born. Do you know anything about it? I've done a Google. I can't find it on puppy stem. I found something called puppy stim, S-T-I-M. If that's I a f- don't know. No. No, it's not it's, a product I've come across a, now. Um, it might be under a different name that I might have dealt with, well, but it's not This something. puppy stim is um, a probiotic rich complementary food which stimulates small, weak, underweight newborn mm. puppies. I don't know if that's what they're talking about. But I can't find anything else called a puppy stem. Well, if it's something Sim- like that, then yeah, we there are numerous products on the market that would, let's say, be high energy supplements. I suppose the one thing I would be worried about is um, unless you're encountering problems with a set of pups, unless you see that they have, let's say, a clinical problem, in which case I would advise 
visit your vet ASAP because puppies have very little in the way of let's say body weight reserves and they can't regulate their own temperature so when a puppy gets sick they get sick very quickly but um, usually if if the mother the pup we, yeah. we assume that the, the mother dog is there she has all the milk she and the nutrients and I yeah. think really nature is best left alone if at all possible um, if we start supplementing things where it's unnecessary now if it's necessary and under veterinary direction that's a whole different kettle of fish but unless it's necessary it's best to leave everything alone because particularly with puppies if we start interfering with their diet their let's say digestive tracts are very very kind of not mature at that point in time and they need routine and the best routine they can get is their mother's milk if we start interfering with that too much we can make them too runny so give them diarrhea which can Mm. be really really disastrous in a young puppy because they don't have much hydration reserve and can become dehydrated and very ill very quickly Um, or it can go the other way and we can kind of bung them up give them constipation and again that's a really really big problem because it causes an awful lot of tummy pain in those pups and they don't tend to thrive as well so I would think unless you have a clinical problem in which case visit your vet best best stay Leave away from alone. these things and you yeah. know when you see and hear of a large litter I saw a Dalmatian on a Facebook the other day mm. and the puppies I was just I, I don't know did she have 19 <laughs> pups or something oh my goodness will, will they also have enough milk does, does nature kind yeah, of balance itself at out? At that point, possibly not. No. no. Yeah, but that, that would be an that, unusual that case. That would be a really unusual yeah. case. If those things, okay, if if something like that occurs, then there are solutions to which your vet will be able to help you with. There are actually, let's say, formula milks um, available for both cat and dogs that are as near as we can get to, a, you know, a, a mother's milk, as it were, from a dog that will be, you know, feasible to supplement with. But again, if you don't need it, it's best yeah. just to leave it alone. Okay, yeah. and just very briefly, I know a number of calls in with the mild, humid weather that we're having. People talking about their dogs drinking more, and is mm. that okay? It's I big, think that's to be fine. Expected. Uh, to be expected, yeah. I think as long as they're otherwise well in themselves, just make sure they have lots of fresh water available. Um, dogs are very good at like managing their own hydration. I think a lot better than I am, certainly. Yeah. Anyway, um, if they're thirsty, they'll drink. They'll maintain their hydration really well. So I wouldn't worry at all as long as they're otherwise well in themselves. Yeah, but constantly yeah. have the water available Absolutely. for them, isn't 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 that mm. isn't that the thing? Because I know the last time when we had a very warm spell, we had people saying that they thought their dogs were were not drinking enough. Exactly. This is the opposite today. <laughs> okay, we leave it there. Listen, uh, thank you for that. Uh, enjoy your bank holiday weekend, and uh, we will talk to you again next Thursday. That's Jane Pickett from the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, which is part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. 